we have to actually start realizing that marketing is about culture. Marketing is about scaling. It's not just about generating and converting leads. The idea behind that is if it is going to change maybe what our offerings are going to be, what our pricing is going to be, but it really gives us a roadmap for how to grow with our customers as opposed to grow more customers. John is a marketing consultant, speaker, and author of Duct Tape Marketing and Duct Tape Selling, the Commitment Engine, SEO for Growth, the Referral Engine, and the founder of Duct Tape Marketing Consulting Network. His latest book is The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, and that's 366 Daily Meditations to Feed Your Soul and Grow Your Business. It's a daily reminder to entrepreneurs that a better you makes a better business. I had a fantastic chat with John, who is a seasoned veteran in the world of marketing. He talks about how he pivoted his business from doing the work for clients, small to medium businesses, to education. And now he educates other marketing consultants and agencies, a particularly hot topic at the moment, actually. He's got lots of great advice from being in the industry for over 30 years, and he has his own podcast since 2005 which I only found out towards the end of the show. I hope you enjoy my chat with John. Welcome, John, to the show from Duct Tape Marketing and Duct Tape Selling is your business. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh, you bet. You bet. Where are you calling in from, John? Today, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, just right smack dab, almost about as close to the middle of the United States as a person can get. You are right bang in the middle there. And how did you get into this crazy world of the agency life that we live in? I actually started my own practice, my own business going on 30 years ago. Frankly, I got out of college, went to work for an ad agency. About five years into that thought, well, any dummy can run a business. (laughs) So I jumped out and just without any real plan, like so many people, I knew I could hustle work. And, you know, I had people that were throwing projects at me and, you know, I got some big clients, some little clients. And before I knew it, I I had a marketing consulting agency, but I loved working with small business owners. I had two or three small business clients and I really loved working with them, but they were very frustrating because they had the same needs and challenges and you know, certainly never the same budgets or, or even attention spans, frankly. So really my last 20 plus years and the genesis of duct tape marketing, frankly, the term duct tape marketing came from my desire to work with small business owners and realizing that I needed to create a way to walk in and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. <laughs> the results we hope to get. And here's what it costs. That idea of marketing as a system for small business owners has really been the, the focus of, I call my life's work, frankly, the last 20 plus years. You made a pivot in the business as well, but not just recently, right? You've For a long time, you've gone into education, you're working with coaches, consultants, and agencies. How did it shift from the business to that? I build a full practice with that approach of, you know, marketing as a system for small businesses. But I also saw the, this is pre-internet, pre, you know, everybody having a website, but Mm -hmm. I saw that coming. So I started writing about 2003, actually, I started a blog and I started producing a lot of content, you know, as a way to uh, attract folks to me. I had an idea that this system approach could be something turned into a course and a program. So I, I started selling actual courses back before we did such things. I actually shipped people a three ring binder with CDs in it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 
as my course. And that started fortunately attracting people all over the world, you know, including a couple of publishers who said, we want you to write a book. And I said, well, great. I want to write a book too. Perfect. So that sort of attracting people to my system and then started to have people say, look, we want to do this as well. And so uh, about 2008 or nine or so, I decided to form the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. And so that essentially was uh, my kind of move into working with coaches and consultants and small agencies really around the world. Admittedly, most are in uh, North America, but we have about 150 of those folks around the world now and all installing the duct tape marketing system in thousands of small businesses around the world. We still have an agency ourselves and work with about 10 clients at any given time, mainly because it keeps us in the game so that we know what people are going through and what new tools are out there and how to advise folks. But a great deal of our effort really now is on this training and working with this network. Amazing. There are six books in with the seventh on its way. Does it get easier every time? I'm only the author of two books myself. Uh, Tell me, John, does it get easier? You know, they're different. In some ways, it gets harder. I mean, people ask me, I remember when I wrote Duct Tape Marketing and people said, how long did it take you to write that? I said, about 25 years, really, you know, because that was sort of the distillation of my work at that point. And then, of course, I had a, you know, it sold well. So publisher said, when's your next book coming? And so now I've got 18 months to write a whole other book. And so I found that to be a lot harder. I actually, two years ago, took a real swerve and wrote a book that was really kind of a passion project for me that had nothing to do with marketing called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. Subtitles 366 Daily Meditations to Feed Your Soul and Grow Your Business. And it was really a project that I wanted to write. It was a book I wanted for myself in a lot of ways. I've had a daily sort of meditation practice for years and kind of a ritual and routine to get my day started. So I wanted a, a book that was kind of inspirational. It took me 90 seconds to read, you know, that day's work. And Frankly, it was a very bizarre project to do, you know, with a day job as a marketing, uh, you know, agency owner. It really renewed my kind of passion for the business again to do that. So it was a, I felt like I'd written about all the words I could about marketing. It led then, of course, to my seventh book, which will come out in September, which is called The Ultimate Marketing Engine, which is, I believe, or at least hope, will be seen as kind of the next innovation in marketing for small and mid-sized firms. Yeah, I want to get more into that because I obviously I follow your newsletter. That's how I got in touch with you. I see your yeah. materials, I read and I consume. You made that pivot to education a long time ago, right? Yeah. And what we're noticing now in the agency world is some of the big guys have started to do that. I'd say you're there watching them <laughs> with eagle eyes. What would you say to an agency right now, John, that is thinking about, oh, I should be training or I should be educating? Yeah. What would your advice be as somebody who'd been a service person and moved? We've actually are kind of adding some things in that regard for agencies, but I would definitely say, yes, you should be doing it. I think the long-term implementation retainer is a race to the bottom in some ways, running AdWords campaigns, writing content, you know, designing websites. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that's willing to do it for a lot less money than you can afford to do it. And so I think that what happens is when, and that was, you know, that is our model still, that idea of a long-term retainer, but you've got to find ways to actually actually add increased value, I think. One of the things, and again, we work with smaller organizations. I'm sure that some of your listeners 
listen, with departments of organizations and things. We work with a lot of times it's the owner and two people maybe that are doing doing some of the marketing. And what I think agencies should be focused on is actually helping organizations build marketing internally as an asset. We're really shifting a lot of our focus to certainly strategy has been the cornerstone of duct tape marketing, but I believe that there's a real opportunity now to help organizations level up their marketing internally and train folks that they've hired to do Lord knows what (laughs) internally. But I think any organization that completely abdicates marketing to an agency, and I know this is heresy for some people to hear, but completely abdicates their marketing in an agency is sort of limiting their ability to grow, in my opinion. Yeah, or multiple agencies, John. You've seen that happen before. Yeah, yeah, right. That's even worse because then you're trying to talk to all of them. No, you're not. No, it's definitely not heresy. A lot of agencies have now realized, hang on a second, I've been doing all this work or the content just isn't hitting the mark. And they've appreciated that it's time to teach part of what they do instead of doing what they're doing. Um, Oh, no, no. It's definitely a huge realization. And if an agency is thinking, oh God, where do I even start? What would be a good tip for you as someone who's very experienced in this? Where would they start on that journey? Well, I have to be self-serving and say, just, you know, come look at our network. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We're training people to do this exact thing. We created something called the Certified Marketing Manager Program. And we're basically offering that now as a sort of of out-of-the-box coaching program for agencies, obviously for the members of our network as well. But I think the first thing is to assess, obviously, it depends on who your client base is, who your target, who your ideal client is, because it always starts with, you know, what could you do to make yourself more of an asset to them? What could you do to grow with them as opposed to just delivering what it is that they said they wanted to buy? To me, that's how I've always developed or tried at least to develop anything that we've done new is to kind of go to our customers and say, how could I take them from where they are today to where they want to go? What could I do that would create true transformation for them? There are definitely some of your listeners, certainly uh, consultants and agencies that we talk to that they're providing X service. Maybe it's pay-per-click advertising and you know that's what they want to offer. And it's but I think that ultimately, why is somebody buying pay-per-click advertising management? Where do they want to go? I think I think we just have to start asking ourselves bigger questions rather than what will they pay us to do a job. Yeah, totally. Especially when you start to look at the croaching in words of the marketing AI tools that are out there. You know, I hear somebody just yeah. zooming in and specializing on PPC. And all I hear is there's Albert.ai, right? There's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's companies out there and that's creeping in on this stage. So you do have to lift the game, you know, and especially we have a lot of listeners in other countries as well. The opportunity for languages to, you know, a lot yeah. of marketing material has been done in US English <laughs> or UK English. And there is an opportunity Wait, there. Slightly, slightly. Yeah, so I I think you don't you refer to it lovingly as American as opposed to US English? (laughs) American with the M. (laughs) Yeah. So there's an opportunity for the materials, you know, in local languages. But even if you were to do it in English, sometimes it sounds bizarre. Just people like to hear the local language if it's South Africa, if it's Irish. Yeah. So to create, you might be there thinking, sure, there's no point me as an agency making videos or making, no, you have expertise, local expertise, experience and your own personality and your language as well. Yes, absolutely. agree. I mean, as I said, we have agencies in our network that are in uh, 
a number of countries, but certainly all the English speaking countries. And, you know, we always hear from the Australians and, and we have a couple agencies in South Africa that yes, English is the primary language, but there are differences. Absolutely. Yeah, slight nuances. You're a man there standing, smiling, looking very happy, who's about to launch his seventh book. Tell me about the lessons you learned last year. What were the surprises that came out and what you learned? I don't know that there were any huge surprises. Quite frankly, they're just, for a lot of us, I think there was just a very bright light shown on some truths. It's really easy when times are good to just be in the right place at the right time (laughs) and feel like I got this all figured out, right? Right. And I think the biggest learning for me, frankly, was seeing businesses. I mean, some businesses for no fault of their own, you know, were just in the wrong place, (laughs) wrong business, you know, and got wiped out. But I also saw a lot of businesses that had spent a great deal of time and effort creating a great customer experience, being meaningful to their customers in ways beyond sort of just transaction. And I think that those organizations were able to very quickly kind of take care of of business and maybe not have the disruption that a lot of businesses felt. And now as we're coming out of this in the beginning of 2021, are probably going to thrive. And I think that the big lesson is, as I said, that I think a lot of businesses that are in the right place at the right time, in good times, you know, can do well. But in bad times, the businesses that thrive are the ones that have some meaningful place to their customers. Yeah. And we have a massive opportunity. Any of us who've been in this longer than even a couple of years, I think we think, Asher, everyone knows this stuff. There's still people starting out on their marketing journey, their sales journey, their online experience. And and some countries, even more so, they are still, right? So huge opportunity for us. Even to get back to basics, we don't have to be off doing these advanced tactics for companies. Some of them need a really good website that can have an e-commerce component because that wasn't there before. You know, their business didn't need it, but now they actually have to do some remote servicing. So there's a huge opportunity. I don't know about you, but I, I did feel quite grateful last year to go in all the things that were going on. There was just this buzz around the digital marketing, the online marketing, the digital sales. And I thought, oh, finally, you know, after all these years now, people are coming to meet us. Did you have that feeling, John? Well, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, and I don't mean to minimize the the impact that, that this has had on a lot of people and a lot of businesses, but it really didn't change our business model at all. I mean, I have been virtual my entire, I, I basically rent a little box here, you know, for an office. The rest of my team is all over the country and I have clients all over the world. I have no clients that I, in the last 10 years, had driven to their office and you know done anything right. with. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, we were very set up. We had very little to no disruption, frankly, because I like to think that we stay pretty close and are meaningful to our customers and certainly did some things to make sure that we were checking in and taking pulse and seeing where we could add value. But we actually had a fairly significant growth year. Amazing. Fantastic. Well done. And looking ahead now, 2021, we've just started off. I don't know where February went (laughs) or January. It's already February. It's like, blink and you miss it. What are you looking forward to this year? And I want to hear more about your book. Apart from the book, we'll talk about that in a second. But what are you excited about coming into this year? You know, I have been working on this certified marketing manager program for over a year. And now we have probably a couple hundred people in it. And just seeing the sort of light bulb go on for that business owner who has hired somebody and then said, I don't even know what to tell them to do you know, in marketing. And, and so now all of a sudden, they see the value of having a common language. I mean, some of the things we've developed around the customer journey and around content planning and whatnot now has everybody in the organization 
rather than the marketing people having all this stuff over here, now we're bringing it to sales and service and strategy to the ownership group. We've spent so many years kind of just working with the person who was in charge of marketing and now coming in and actually giving an entire organization sort of a language around this idea of a marketing system and what strategy marketing strategy actually is, is really been a lot of fun. And just what's really exciting about it for me is a lot of small businesses are family owned. Like it or not, sometimes the head of marketing is the kid that just got out of school or the spouse or you know, somebody that because that's, you know, that's, that's how it rolls. They were available and that's how it works. And so to actually then, you know, the owner of that business to actually say, oh, I can get this person training. And not only is it training, but it's training that's basically personalized and customized for our particular business. It's got to be very exciting. You can tell. Yeah. I'm rambling on about it. Bill, put in the links to the show notes so that everyone can go and check that out, John, and make sure. This is what the whole program is about. It's about opening up new opportunities for agency owners, hearing some of the war stories, hearing some of the mistakes. Is there a mistake in the past, John, that you go, God, you know something? What would be something for an agency owner? Is there a mistake that you made when you were building your business that you wish you could pass on to someone and help them? <laughs> well, this is a really common one. And I made this a long, long time ago. I mean, as I said, I got out without any real plan. And you know, anybody who said they would hire me, I, even if I didn't know how to do what they were asking for, I said, sure. And figure um, it out. Yeah, exactly. Which is really, really common. And I think that I actually had an instance where a client that I was doing work with actually was investigated and indicted for you know some illegal activity. Long story short, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't involved in it, didn't know anything about it, but I was pretty sure that they were something was up. I actually had to go testify and all that good stuff. So that was a real wow. wake up for me to say, hey, how did I get here? You know, this isn't somebody I should be working with, but I think a lot of people, and especially early on, it's it's like trying to get business. But it yeah. was for me, it was kind of cemented this idea that I had to understand who I wanted to work with. And maybe it was shared values or at least, you know, something that they were trying to accomplish. That's been a real lesson for me to focus on. But I will also give a piece of my own sort of wisdom or insight. There's a lot of chatter about this idea of, of niching down, of going very narrow into a, a market. And, you know, I, I speak with especially people starting out. And they, they have this real feeling like, oh, I have to go narrow. That's what everybody's saying. And then six months into it, they realize, you know, I'm focused on dentists and I hate dentists. You know? <laughs> and so my advice is focus on a type of business, a type of problem. You might find that you end up gravitating towards a couple industries. But do it because you found an industry or you found a behavior in an industry that, that you really loved as opposed to just telling yourself, I have to go after X type of business. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that in the past. They're going after the money. You're going, all dentists need a load of help. I'll go and work with them. But then they realize that they're very different personality to work with, very risk adverse. They want to double and double, triple and quadruple check things. Yeah, you're very, very right there. I've talked about that a lot. With your new book coming out in September, which blink and will probably be here, tell us all about the ultimate marketing engine, where that the idea came from and, and some of the premises. So I signed the contract to write this book and sometimes I will tell you that once you've been a published author and you've had some success, sometimes publishers don't really ask you what you want to write about. It's just like, sure, we, we want your okay. next book. Um, and so I don't, I can't say that I really knew exactly what I was going to write, other than that I wanted to write another marketing book that I hadn't written really a marketing book in 
five years ish. And so I wanted to write a book that kind of reflected my evolution or, or my evolution in thinking in marketing. So I signed the contract in March of 2020. Listeners may recall that that's when the shit hit the fan. Right? Absolutely. We remember it well. <laughs> so I didn't want to write a marketing in the time of COVID you know, kind of book, but there's no question my thinking was being very colored by what was going on. But it really allowed me to develop this idea of customers as members. And I don't mean a membership program or a subscription. I mean, those are great business models. I mean it more as the point of view of why would somebody join you know, our membership program as a business? Because, you know, not for a transaction, but for a transformation. And so I developed in this book something I call the customer success track. And one of the things I realized is that many of the customers over the years who've come to us have come to us in a certain stage, certain set of problems, certain set of challenges. And our job was, was always to kind of like, yeah, we'll get you out of that stage. But then that was it a lot of times. Right. And so the idea behind this is that I've developed a complete roadmap for what I think are the five stages of businesses. I'm sure there are many more, but at least that's to me the basis. And the idea behind this then is that we identify uh, where somebody is and the challenges we know they have. We also can identify then the milestones that they need to achieve and the tasks we need to apply to those milestones to move to the next stage. And so it becomes a complete kind of roadmap for how we take somebody from where they are today to where they want to go. And what it means is we have to think differently about our services. We have to think differently about how we consult. We have to actually start realizing that marketing is about culture. Marketing is about scaling. It's not just about generating and converting leads. The idea behind that is if it is going to change maybe what our offerings are going to be, what our pricing is going to be, but it really gives us a roadmap for how to grow with our customers as opposed to grow more customers. And instead of that in and out, you know, it's a business partnership and the marketing becomes part of the business. It is part of the business, not just, oh, let's do the marketing and get in and get out. Really, really interesting. One of the things it also implies is that we have to grow with our customers. Early on in stage, it's like they need a website and they need some content and they need, you know, the basic sort of tactic stuff. But after a business gets to a certain point, they actually need to start hiring better. They need to start putting in more systems and processes. And so if we want to grow with them, we have to figure out how to actually help them do that too. Right. I love that. Question I have for you, John. If I came in long in the morning and I said, give me the keys, give me the keys to your business. I'm closing the doors. Thanks very much, John. What would you do next? I am going to, well, I know your listeners can't see me, but I'm 60 years old and uh, I know I don't look like it, but so I've been giving this a lot of thought <laughs> rather than just right. the hypothetical, right? I really enjoy <laughs> writing. not a new question for yeah, you. John. <laughs> I enjoy writing. I'm actually in the process of structuring the various brands that I have built and the various assets that I've built. I have a podcast as well that I've been That's doing right, since yep. 2005. And I'm in the process of setting those up in a way that I will transition out of. I think if that day were today, I'd go to my house in the mountains and build furniture. Oh, wow. <laughs> what type of furniture do you like to build? Pretty much anything. I'm sure that there are some things that I do that, that are better, but it's all just been for my own personal use. About half our furniture is I've built over the Amazing. years. Amazing. 
So obviously that is something wonderful to work with your hands. But when you're in the technology of the same knitting or painting or something like that, it's so different from what we do and also keeps the phone out of my hand anyway. (laughs) (laughs) One less screen in front of me. So clearly woodworking and, and making furniture, but also obviously mindfulness and your meditation practice is something that you've encompassed in. What else do you think is a really good thing to balance in that you've learned over the years as being an entrepreneur, successful business owner to help you with work-life balance? One of the things I've always tried to do is create experiences for myself. We can get in this bubble and you know, you're on Facebook and you're you know, talking to the same people all the time. I think you actually have to force yourself, especially people that are more introverted. I would actually consider myself a little more introverted. I don't go looking for gatherings of people necessarily. I get my energy around doing woodworking or reading is how I recharge. But I do also know that I need to actually go out and experience things that are new for me. And that may even just be reading I love to pick up books on architecture or calculus or something because right. I I find that when I read those, not so that I learn how to do architecture or learn how to, how to do calculus, but if I read them with the idea of what could this add to my business, what could I take from this that I could use as a way to maybe simplify marketing for a client, I just find that it just opens up a whole new way to experience the thing. Brilliant. Yeah, definitely looking at things outside of what we're comfortable and used to. One of the reasons I'm back down in South Africa again, even yeah. though just change the scene, it's just uh, yeah. fires up those neurons. That's probably the thing I miss the most really about the whole lockdown uh, idea is travel. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, talk about giving yourself a kick in the pants. Go, it really was. Go to some yeah, place you you've never been before and, and be right. really convenienced for a while. <laughs> you would have been speaking and, and moving around quite a lot and probably meeting thousands of people on an average year. It's a very different environment. If you are starting out again, John, and obviously you've given us loads of tips and advice for agency owners, and we'll put all the links in the show here. If an agency is brand new, they're just getting into this and they're listening to the show or they're starting the new year and they're like, gosh, you know, what kind of advice would you have for someone with all your depth of experience on how to come into this year and how to approach what's going on in the world right now? Well, the two bits of advice I've given for years to people, the first one is develop a point of view about what you believe (laughs) about marketing rather than just chasing the newest platform or the newest tactic. My point of view has always been that marketing is a system and it starts with strategy before tactics. I've said that for 30 years. It doesn't really matter that, that all of the platforms and all the new things have changed. That still fundamentally is our point of view about how marketing should be done. The second thing that I think is, and again, this won't be for everybody, but this has been for me and I've seen it work for hundreds of others, is that marketing seems really complicated, especially to our buyers, our customers. What I've spent a lot of time doing is trying to simplify it. And that's the idea behind the system. I've also been able to package that and turn it into a product. And what that does is that it allows you to sell a result and not a project, not your time. <laughs> you know, I have clients that we've worked with for years that that pay us a fairly decent retainer for meeting twice a month and just making sure that everything's still on track. You know, they no longer are asking, what do I get for my, you know, three, $5,000 a month? It's, I have the system in place and it's working. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Look, fantastic advice. And John, I want to thank you so much. And I'm 
really glad I didn't know how old your podcast was because I would have been fierce intimidated <laughs> as a brand newbie coming into this. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today, John. It's my pleasure. 